Welcome to Elite Team Athletics Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Cognitori, and got my guy, Tevin, in here. But more importantly, yes, a special guest with us today, former second-round pick for the Minnesota Vikings, Auburn legend, Dontarius Thomas with us today. How's it going, DT? It's going good. First of all, thank you all. Congratulations you, to you guys on your um your podcast, and um, I appreciate you letting me get out here and, and be, a, be a guest on your show. Man, we had to. I've been begging you forever. You've been making <laughs> me wait, man. <laughs> Nah, man, you know how to, hey, crazy times, man. I had to handle business first. You know, I got the <laughs> restaurants and things was getting a little shaky. So I had to make sure that, you know, everything was solid on on, on solid ground. And so that's what that was. But I'm here now. Let's get it done. Tell me tell me how that all went down with COVID in the restaurants, first and foremost. Um, well, it was a lot of uncertainty when it first hit, um, as far as like, are we off to shut down? What is what is the um like the stimulus package, like how we're going to go about applying for all these A's and what we're going to do with our employees. So it was just a lot of uncertainty, especially being someone who, you know, don't really know the whole realm of the whole relationship as far as like restaurant business goes. You know, I do have partners and um, we was all up on it. We just trying to, you know, get all the information we can. But um, like the Vegas though, like we had one in Vegas. So when Vegas, like when they, they, would, they shut it down, and we was like, okay, so are we going to have to shut down our, our stores or are we going to be able to keep it and how are we going to be able to operate? So you got to go through all the CDC guidelines and things of that nature. So a lot of um, when Vegas tightened up, and I bring up the Vegas store because it was one of the first ones where the city of Vegas like, all right, let's, let's tighten it up. We're going to keep everything um, and get everything right. So when we went to them, a lot of people – we were still able to have our store open. So for fortunate for us, we have a drive-through. Yep. So you can, we was able to, okay, well, we can still operate our stores as long as we have a drive-through. So a lot of people didn't know that we was open, so our business took a big hit. So then we was like, okay, well, we're losing money. What are we going to do? So then, you know, they they trying to get past the stimulus package, um, the loan and all that, and what's the process of getting involved with that and uh, making sure that we will apply for that and get that loan to help, you know, hold our business over until, you know, this things pass over. So, you know, you just got to do a lot of just like digging and homework and we was able to get, get that. And, and um, long story you guys, short, man. We, you guys huh? delivering too? You guys start delivering everybody? or Yeah, we start delivering, like getting, getting on all the like the, the um, delivery apps. That was another big thing. Um, and also because we had to get back to like uh, advertising, yep. making sure people know like, hey, we're still open. We can cater, you know, we can get it to you this way, and this um, and also giving people confidence like this is what we're doing to make sure that we're not, you know, giving you bad products and giving you confidence <laughs> that when you do go, like you know, you get a safe, you know, you know, product and you know, CDC guidelines and all that. And that trickle down to the Auburn and things of that nature. Yeah. You just got to find ways and avenues to try to um, get money to keep keep coming into the restaurant. And but it was scary. It was uncertain, man, because I definitely didn't know. I'm like, man, is this like, are we going to have to shut it down? We gonna, the business going to fold? Because a lot of businesses did fold, man. Yeah, like, yeah. a lot of restaurant <clears throat> business folded and aren't coming back. And, you know, I think I say the two big things that helped us is because we didn't have no debt on our pro- on our properties. 
and we had the drive-throughs. Yeah. And a third thing is obviously the, the uh, delivery the product thing. The, the voodoo, yeah. voodoo wings, man. Yeah, Everybody wants the voodoo wings. Okay, of course, man. You know, we're going to provide you with some good, good product, but, so, you know, that's, that's got to be itself, but that's got to be tough too, especially like if you have restaurants in different states where what will be okay in Vegas isn't going to fly if you're in like Louisiana or even like here in Minnesota, like if you're in Minneapolis, that's going to be different than if you're in St. Paul or a suburb. So like just trying to keep on top of all that and manage multiple stores. Got to be different. Yeah. And you're correct. I mean, just like, like the restaurants we have are in Alabama, Auburn, Alabama, and in Vegas. Well, in Auburn, Alabama, we was, able to still do even though both don't got the drive through but in Auburn the difference was we could have um like we got a patio area and people could come up walk up take an order and come just hang out at the patio mm -hmm. because it's outside mm -hmm. but in Vegas no nah, you can't do that like you can't have no gatherings on your property of like you know 10 or more people or whatever so you couldn't do that at all so um but you're right you got to learn the different rules and regulations of what each state will allow you to do in the guidelines like in like and also in um Alabama, which is <laughs> like in the South, is more lax. The rules down there are definitely more lax. I mean, you can see, you can read about it or whatever. But as far as like when it comes to business and stuff, like we were able to sell like alcohol. You can put alcohol actually like sell it out of the store, and <laughs> as long as you put a lid on, it. dude. And that's that that's big, crazy, man. <laughs> like yeah, I remember the first like, time I went down mind. south. I got family down there, and like uh, they rolled through like a drive-through, and it was a margarita drive-through. They just handed you like a stitchy <laughs> margarita. You're just drinking and driving. Yeah. We don't care. Yeah, so like you can't do that in the other place, like a uh, Vegas store. But like when my partner told me that, I'm like, "You serious?" They was like, "Yeah, all we gotta do is make sure a cap on it, and you could put it out there." And I'm like, "Okay," because they was like, "Cause they still want it in the south." Now I understand what they want to do. They still want it business to, you know, try to stay around and, yep. and generate money because, you know what I'm saying, you don't want no, you want the economy to keep going. But um, it's different. And you're right. You just, you had to look at what each state will allow and what you can and can't do. But, you know, fortunately, we're on the, you know, good side. And hopefully things just continue to just ride steady. Although, you know, we're going to have some dips and down, but we're pretty much established. So that's good, though. I'm glad. I'm glad you guys are riding it out and everything's still remaining successful. Because Voodoo Wings, man, it's very popular down there, and everybody needs to try it if they're in the area. Um, the other thing I want to do is I want to rewind back. Why don't you tell us what growing up in Perry, Georgia, was like? What got you into football? Because you were a standout football, basketball, track athlete, dude. You're you're a freak. You're like six four, <laughs> two fifty. You're probably what playing with with children's probably down to like two thirty five or something. I know it when yeah. around. He wanted heavy backers. So I want to get back into the, the very beginning of your story before we move through college and pros. Yeah. Well, growing up in Perry, you know, so it, where I grew up, it's a small town. And even in that town, I grew up in the outskirts, like in the country, like country, country. Like everybody around me was like my family members. It was basically fields and cousins and running around in woods and stuff like that. But, you know, I enjoyed it. And, um, you know, everybody, if you were some type of athlete, but you could, you know, from day one, you pick up a ball and you just go. And, you know, in my family, I have a lot of athletes that, you know, kind of like, you know, pass the torch to me, teach me how to um, be out there. And um, I started playing football at the age of nine. And actually, I was too young to play in the, the league that I was playing because the league that I was, I was able to, that I played in 
was only for 11 to 13 year olds. But I have a um, uncle who's who and I him and I are very close in age. Um, he wanted to play football, and I always tell my mom I want to play. So he was like my brother. So I was like nine, and he was 11. So my mom was like, "All right, we're gonna try to get you on." And the guy who was over it um, was friends with my family. So long story short, they was like, "All right, we just put you out there." So I'm like nine playing with these guys who were like 11 to 13, but I was always like a little fast little kid. <laughs> um, so getting out there playing and, you know, that was one of the joys of, you know, running around out there. I mean, like you say, it just, it's just one of those things that you grew up in a small town. Everything revolves around sports. So once you play football, you transition into something else because you always, you just want to keep at it. The parents always try to keep, keep the kids active. So we go to basketball. So I started playing basketball. And then once basketball season was done, I didn't start running track until my, my high school, like my sophomore year of my high school. Um, one, I started running track because I wanted to get faster. And I and coach, my coach was like, hey, this is a way of, you know, keep keep you in shape and help build your speed and all this and this and that. So I'm like, sure, why not? I'm not doing nothing else. So I might well just go play, you know, run some track. So I was able to get there. Um had pretty success in some track, you know, got faster and got stronger and all that. But um, growing up in a small town, man, town, I loved it. I look back at it. Everybody's so close-knit. When I go back, everybody know each other. It's, it's a lot of pride in that small town. Uh, we got kids that – we got a guy named – right now named Casey Hayward, who's um, – him and I – like yep. him and my dad. His dad and my dad played ball together in high school. I'm up in my mom, he, his dad gave me my first job at McDonald's. So it's like everybody just know each other. So I knew, I known this kid ever since he was a little baby. So, and then now he's, he's doing his thing. And then I had Kawaki Thomas at one point, just in my area. Like I graduated, I think Perry population that was probably like 10,000. We probably had like in my area, like where I had like in a span of like five, six years or whatever. It was like six NFL athletes came from that that time in six year span, which to me that's incredible. And this could have been, and it could have been a lot of a lot more. Like it's so many good athletes that come comes out of that middle Georgia area uh, from where I'm from. But a lot of you know don't either have the grades, or they just kind of then drop to the wrong path, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, man, I, I was blessed to you know be around some good coaches, good people, and you know. I grew up in a town where everybody loved sports and, and pushed each other. So, yeah. It, it, growing up in, like, that kind of area, like, a lot of guys that go to play Division One football, like, when you talk to them about playing in high school, it's like, oh, man amongst boys. Like, it was very clear that they stood out. Is that how you felt playing high school football? Or was it like, oh, no, this is different. Like, I can tell that these are all college athletes. No. I, I On my team, man, I wasn't even the best athlete on my high school team. Like, we had, mm-hmm. like, like we got this, I can name them. We probably had like four or five guys that could easily be in the pros. Yeah. Like it just was a like a, a melting pot of just athletes, like guys that are free. Like we had this guy, my sophomore year, named Fred. He was a linebacker. He was like six five, two fifty, ran a legit four four flat. Damn. And was just a monster. He was like Fred was like a freak. And I remember Florida State, Miami, all those cats wanted him. 
But Fred, unfortunately, you know, went down the wrong path, didn't get it, kind of get it, mm-hmm. get it together. But you had guys like that that I had yeah. to go against. So when I was growing up in high school, I was going against some 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 guys, and then that's just my high school. Now, when I played against surrounding teams, like in my area, like my county, like let's say y'all have Hennepin County, we have Houston County, that's my, my mm-hmm. county. We have like we had four high schools, and those four high schools would generate five or six D1 athletes a year, just like like that. And it's yeah. more than and it, it and it's even more that didn't go because of uh, you know unfortunate right. um circumstances. So it wasn't like when I when I went to college, yes, I was like, man, these some this is different, like this and that. But at the same time, like, man, I know somebody back at home who's better than him or could be just as good as him. It just yeah. it's just how it was because it's all I mean as a kid, man, the first if you can the first thing they put in your hand is a ball. <laughs> And then all baseball, like baseball was big down there too. Like in the South, that's what you do. You just play football and you uh, play sports basically year round. Up here in Minnesota, y'all probably don't get the luxury of that. Cause I'm like, do y'all even have spring, like football training, (laughs) track? Like, y'all can't be out there like that. Like they play for now, and especially nowadays, like my nephew, they play all year round. All, All these camps, now it's the big thing down there and we do it too. We host these seven on seven camps, Pascal camps. Mm-hmm. That's like really, really big. Like even camp, like you have NFL players that have teams. Like Cam Newton have a team. Like our quarterback at Auburn played on Cam Newton team. Like that's Justin crazy. Fields. That's like I knew about Justin Fields before he even like went to college. I knew he was gonna be good, like stuff like because he was he's from like the Atlanta area. He played in those leagues. And we mm-hmm. used to see all these cats that play in these leagues, like Rudd and it just it's crazy. It's a lot of it's lots a lot of talent out there, man. You know, we got a kid up here who's trying to implement that seven on seven finally. Uh his name's mm-hmm. TJ Dean. He he's nice. finally trying to do that. I know he comes down and travels to like Atlanta and stuff to do shows to get kids or I mean tourneys to get kids looks, actually scholarships yeah. and things like that. And I I mean obviously our state, like you said, is definitely missing that. And you you lived up here for a minute when you were with the Vikes. So, I mean, you do know how bad our winters are, but I do think you enjoy, you know, spring, summer. Actually, I don't know. Summer's tough for me here, but fall and spring's nice. No, man. I enjoy all all the season except for y'all winters. (laughs) I can't deal with it, man. I cannot deal with it. My first year, I got up here, I was like, I I remember asking a player, I was like, hey, so if it's snow or whatever, like, are they gonna cancel practice? Like, what's up? Like, I'm like, man, they're gonna cancel. <laughs> like, no, nah, you gonna come to practice? The roads would be. I'm like, what about the road? They like, no, nah, they'll be clear. Like, my, my grandmother, I, I remember she called me because I guess she must have saw the news or something, and we had like some winter storm. She calling me, telling baby, make sure you do this and have water and stack up on your supplies. Thought the world was down in there. We have to leave our um like our faucets running a little bit so the pipes don't yep. freeze up because we don't do all that winterization like y'all do up here. And I remember my first year. First of all, me, Rod Davis, Spence, Spencer Johnson. You remember Rod Davis, right? Yep. I remember both of them. And, and Moel D. Moore. Yep. We all from the <laughs> South. So as soon as the season was over, we was like, hey, Spence called me. Hey, man, they got to uh extra room on your on the bed for you know just chill my truck home because I was like I gotta go I can't be up here so 
anyway, long story short, we all got our stuff, packed our stuff, just threw our stuff in the, in our cars, and we shipped our stuff home. Like, I went back to Georgia. Me and Spence went back to Georgia, Alabama. Rob went to um, Mississippi. Moelle Moore went back to Louisiana. So about a, about a week or so into it, I get a call from Rod. He's like, hey, man, what's going on? I'm like, nothing, you know, just hanging out, enjoying the nice weather down here, getting ready. He said, hey, um, you got somebody looking at looking out for your house? I'm like, no. Nah. <laughs> I'm like, wow, what's up? He said, man, but Weldy Moore called me and said his pipes burst in his house. So we was like, oh, man. So he's like, yeah, I'm about to get on this plane to go back up there to make sure that, you know, my, my, my place is good. So I'm like, okay. So I'm like, oh man, I got to get somebody there. Cause what it was is like down here, I just turned the, I just turned the heat off. I didn't think yeah. about like, <laughs> I didn't think about like, okay, you're going to like, right. need to have the heat on. Like we just, I was trying to be cheap and like, I'm going to save me some electricity, you know, the bill. So I just turned my heat off. So Moelle board, all of us turned our heat off and we just left, went, went home for the, for the winter. Or whatever for the all season. So Rod get Rod get on the plane. He get up there. I'm at the airport. He called me like, man. I'm like, what? He said, I come, I come pull up, and all I see is water gushing out of my place. I'm like, oh, damn. So I'm like, neighbors didn't call or anything, huh? Neighbors didn't call him or anything. Well, that's how I guess the neighbors called Mawelde Moore. Okay, and then. They live in the same area. They they lived in that same area over there by the um the Eden Prairie Airport. You know yep, those townhomes yep. are. Mm-hmm, so yep. they used to like a lot of bikers used to live all over there. So they lived in the same area. But I lived in Savage, right? You, Kyle, you yep. know where I live. So I had a house. So I'm like, oh Lord. And I didn't have my neighbor's <laughs> number. So I'm like, man, I'm getting there. So long story short, I, I land. I'm I'm hotelling it to the to the house. And I remember just coming around that curve, like, please don't, don't do it. <laughs> so I get there. Thank God my house was my house was good. But it was cold in there. It was it was cold. It was like like 30 some degrees in there, like cold. So I quickly turned on the heat. Like, man, let me warm this thing up. But that was a valuable lesson. And I was like, so every year, like from that point on, like we would tell rookies, man, don't don't turn y'all heat off when y'all leave. Because <laughs> <laughs> they had to gut they that Moelle Moore and Rock, they had to gut their whole house. Cause oh. me and Spence was, cause Spence was living with me. Yeah. So me and Spence was like, man, everything good. I'm like, yeah, thank God. <laughs> man. So, that's, so yeah, they don't yeah. they don't include the uh, don't turn your heat off in the in the rookie welcome to the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> nah, they ain't tell us nothing like that. But I'm sure they was like, "Hey, y'all would have common sense to do it." But I'm like, we some southern kids, like, well, no, yeah, and especially and kids. Down, it's just different. It's a different culture. Yeah. And that's point, you're 21, 22 years old. You don't know no better. Like I have family that lives in Louisiana. Yeah. I have family that lives in Louisiana. I drove my car down there, and they were like, they're going to clean it out, and I had like an ice scraper. And they grab it. They're like, "Oh, what's this for? Like knocking leaves off your car?" I was like, "No, this is so I can chisel ice off of my off yeah. my window." <laughs> I used to be so scared, like driving my truck in in the winter up there, because the big thing I used to hear about was black ice, black ice. And I used to be like, "Man, I'm not really. I didn't go nowhere. I didn't like to go nowhere because it was cold." <laughs> and, but I really, but you know, over the years I got used to it and got better, but. Just when our first couple of years, it was kind of harsh, man. I just didn't know 
what to do. I mean, they they had to literally call us back. Like, all right, y'all got to come back. Y'all know y'all got camp coming up, like OTAs and all that. Because we was like, man, we just hanging down south, working out, enjoying it. Because it's like 70 and 80 degrees down there. When y'all had like 10, 15 degrees and negative, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm good. Let's 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 rewind this before we get all into the Minnesota Vikings days. But I mean, in college, you go to Auburn. What what was yeah. your recruiting process to get to Auburn? I mean, in in your class, bro, you your roster was so scary back then. I don't know how you guys didn't get a natty champ. You, Carlos Dansby, Jason Campbell, Cadillac Williams, Ronnie Brown, Brandon Jacobs was there. I think is like a freshman. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Rogers, Spencer Johnson, Jay Ratliff, like. You guys had a crazy roster. Crazy. Don't forget about Rudy Johnson. Rudy Johnson mm-hmm. was there too. <laughs> Bro, you got oh, like it was that. How? How did you guys not win a natty champ? I mean you, they we one when when they when we went undefeated when they because it was after our left, they went undefeated. But um it just I mean other schools was good too. USC got they it was a powerhouse too at the time. They were they was pretty, pretty solid. And my freshman year, we played against Michigan. Michigan um, in a bowl game. And, and they had, like, Steve Hutchinson them. I don't know if you remember that line, but yeah, I remember I that, 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 that line that Steve Hutchinson was on. They had, like, three first-rounders. And yeah. the dude that came back ended up going another first round the next year. And then they had A-Train, who was the, run, the, um, the yeah. running back. Anthony Thomas. And then they had two receivers. Dave, David Terrell. Yeah, yeah. They, had, they was number one and two. So they had some boy, and, and so we was battling out. We ended up losing that game, but it was a close game. But I mean, they, they, some, they had some boys too. But uh, my senior year, I, uh, if we would have had the the right coaches in place, I, I, I wholeheartedly believe that we would have we would have won. We won the defeat. We would have won it. Yeah. You got to think our offense really didn't produce. Like we just didn't do nothing. Then the next year, they go and just like start putting up points. I, I, yeah crazy numbers like just averaging like 30 some points to 40 some points a game like as far as mine like we was in my senior we was the last offense to score like in all of college football like it was a big so we just didn't have that in place and i mean that's just no knock against but i mean the numbers are there it just is what it is but um and the guy who was the coordinator recruited me and i have much love for him but we just we just bank more on our talent than actually the importance of having a, a solid coaching foundation because coaching is important too. I mean, you're going to get some guys that that's some, some legends too that can coach and they got athletes too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you just got to put everybody in the right position. But yeah, we have some boys now. We have some boys there. Yeah. Well, and playing down in Auburn, obviously the big Al, uh, Alabama rivalry. Do you remember your first Auburn Alabama game? And like, what are you any like fan? Because I mean, people are poisoning trees down there if one team wins <laughs> over another team. Like, What's what's that rivalry like from the inside? Um, my first Auburn Alabama game was I was a red I red shirted my freshman my first year I red shirted, and Alabama came in. That's when they had um Chris Samuel, who was this old tackle, but they running back. I can't think of his name. He played for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, he was he he almost the big thing about I'm trying to bring up his name. Uh, Zao is it Zao? Anyway, they had a good running back, and Alabama ended up beating us. And I just remember just that, like me being a Georgia. Are you talking about Sean Alexander? Yes, 
Sean Alexander. Yeah. Yeah. He was there, okay. the running back. So anyway, they ended up beating us. And I think they kind of beat us pretty bad. But either way, it don't matter. They beat us. And um, coming from Georgia, my robbery was I wanted to beat Georgia. And we beat Georgia that year. But I wanted to really beat Georgia because I had because that's some underlying stuff. Like, I just want to get them. <laughs> Let it so, out there. Put it out there. Right. Um, what they, what they, what, they didn't recruit you hard enough? No, Georgia. So Georgia didn't recruit me, man. And they had my cousin, my cousin Jermaine Phillips, who also went to the NFL <laughs> play and won a ring, Super Bowl ring with um Tampa Bay. But um, so they had so they had my cousin. So being from Georgia, and you're an athlete, you want to go to Georgia, University of Georgia. Like right. that's just how it was. So they didn't recruit me, and then I got word from my the guy who at Auburn, and I got word that they called me a second-list player. They, Because they told the guy who recruited me, it was like Coach Nall who recruited me from Auburn. They was like, Coach Nall went to Georgia or whatever. They was like, hey, why y'all go get that kid from down in Perry, Georgia? And then Coach Nall made a statement. He was like, oh, I didn't know y'all was dealing with them second-list players anymore. And I was like, oh. So that whole week, I didn't play. I didn't play that that first year. But whenever the, the week that I when I the next year that I when I did play them that whole week, all I did, a coach was telling me two L two L, <laughs> man, we beat them. Just say that. Let's just know that. <laughs> and I had a good, I had a good game against L. And I was a red shirt freshman. I tried. Uh, I can tell you some stories, but I'm not gonna tell you though, man. <laughs> I'm out here trying to. Just say, just say when I hit somebody on their sideline. Oh, they gonna feel it. The whole, coach, the whole, I, I, I made a tackle on the sideline, on their running back, and I got up and I yelled something at every coach, Jim Dunning, the head coach, and every coach <laughs> over there, and they, and, and I didn't know, and my cousin who's on there. He said, they said to him, dang, man, what we do to your cousin? Why you cussing us out like this? <laughs> <laughs> so I had my beef with them, but back to Alabama. When Alabama beat us, I just remember they played this song. They got, I don't know if y'all heard, but they had this this, uh, this little chant that the band would strike up. It's go, bum, 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 hey, Auburn, we just beat the hell out of you. Yada, yada. Damn. And just, the whole, so they just like, Lit it up in, and it was at all stadium. And I remember, oh, oh, oh no, we fighting. I remember going, huh? I said we fighting. We, I can't wait to strap it up for the next oh, time. You're gonna play. Uh, just, beat the hell out of yeah, you. Yeah, they was just talking, then leaving again. They just talking, just we beat the. Like, it's going, and that's when I first felt like, oh man, like if you ask, I'm a proud. I, I, I pride myself on being proud, prideful, but I was just like, no. Nah, this ain't going down like this next year. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, damn then tears. Like, I'm about to give y'all the business. So from you know, we played them next year and we gave them the business. But they beat us my one year, but I beat them three out of my three out of um my four years there. So but yeah, that, that game is intense. Like I that was like an instant hate. So when we beat them, <laughs> we strike up boom, 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 hey Bama, we and I just that's just a great song. I mean, it's a great song to listen to while when you know you on they field and you just hear that. Like I got a picture at home where I had the flag and I was just waving it in front of Alabama fans. Like, <laughs> so this is a tense robbery, and it's still to this day now. Like I don't care if we having a bad season. Like 
All I care about last year is us knocking Alabama. And I was at that game. Mm -hmm. Us knocking Alabama out the playoff. <laughs> That's all I care about. Like, they ain't in the playoff. We don't care. We ain't going. Y'all ain't going either. That's the type. <laughs> so, I don't care. <laughs> and that's how I mean that's how they are with us too. Like they wanna they wanna knock us out, but that that's a that's intense. Yeah. And but yeah. it was fun. It was fun. It was so fun. Boy, it was fun. Cause you be having so much in the you be having so much jaw jacking out there and the ref know. And they don't they kinda let you get away with it because they know then like, you know, you know. Right. You can tell when it goes there. to a certain point <laughs> if it's gonna bubble over or not. Yeah. And then, yeah. and not to jump too, not to jump too far ahead, but you also obviously got drafted by the Vikings. How does the Alabama Auburn compare to like a Packers Vikings rivalry? Is there even any type of comparison? Nah, I mean it's a rivalry, and to get don't get me wrong, the 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 closest thing I felt well where it really brought back that anger was when we played them in the playoffs. Like we had played the Packers twice that year, and they and they beat us on the last second field goal. Both yeah. times, and we was like, man, like they ain't better. We was like, they're not better than us. We can beat these cats. And then we go into Lambo, and I get, I get my head on Brett Fall, knock him out, and <laughs> we went and we went again. He threw that pick up to Brian Williams. You remember Brian Williams? Kyle? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. He caught the pick. So yeah, I mean it, it's that. I mean that Parker game is intense, and you want to win. Chicago is just as intense, but the, I mean I feel like it's more so for the fans. Yeah. You in college, you know, you like kind of like in it with the university and you actually walking around with everyday people and you hearing, hearing what they saying. Like when you going and you hear Bama, Bama people, you walk out and they see you and they be making, looking at you weird. You looking at them weird like, oh, we're going to get y'all this year. Don't worry. <laughs> so it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's on a different level, man. It's on a different level in college. Well, what I wanted to talk to you about too is uh, your first team on SEC – which is incredible because everybody knows if you want to be in any league and you want to be the best of the best, it's SEC everything. So, like, that's yeah. – in football, that's crazy. And then you graduated 10th in career tackles at your school with 362, and you and Carlos are the cover of the ESPN magazine. When you're a kid and you're looking at this, are you just, like, caught off guard? Like, does it feel real, you know, looking back at it? Well, I mean – it don't feel real, real in a sense. Like my story was, I wasn't highly recruited. I was a kid that came to Auburn. You know, people didn't really have much expectations on me of what I could be, other than the coaches that recruited me and the, the people that worked with me. And um, I honestly came and said, "What whatever happens, I'm gonna get my get my degree." And so, as you look, I, I also an academic. Um, big on my academics as well, like academic All-American and things of that nature because I wasn't really thinking that I would be at the next level. One had to do it because I wasn't highly recruited. So if I'm not highly recruited in, in, in high school, so what makes me think that I'm going to be somebody who can make it to the NFL? Yes, it's a dream, and I was going to work, and I was going to try to get it, but I'm just a realistic person, so I was making sure that I was going to handle my education first. But the first buzz that I got where I'm like, okay, they looking at you was after when we played Syracuse and Dwight Freedy. Well, I, uh, I had like 24 tackles that game and I was a yeah. sophomore and it was like, 
some of the scouts and the reporter came to me like, so, you know, they can't because Dwight Freeney was on that team and they had some other cast, but it was mainly, it was like, so the, the report is that scouts um, looked at, you know, was there while they was looking at Dwight Freeney, noticed, noticed you as well. Have you gave much thought to the NFL? And then I was just like, oh, well, yeah, I mean, it's, just, it's always in the back of your mind, but, you know, you don't really think about it while you're out there playing until it actually, you know, be brought up to you so but yeah man i mean it was it was it was nice and i just enjoyed it and i think but like i was blessed and fortunate to get with coaches that believed in me like my linebacker coach coach Witt, i was a kid that came in at safety at 180 mm-hmm. and but i but i didn't mind hitting i had speed and i would hit you anybody that tell you that, that went to auburn with me they was like well Whatever he he at least he got he's he's a fast kid he's smart and he will hit you. So my linebacker coach got me and Dansby. They was like, hey, we see where the game is going. We want to bring safeties and beef them up and put them at linebackers because the game is getting faster. Me and Dansby was like, man, we one eighty. I was like one eighty, <laughs> one ninety. Dansby like one eighty five, one ninety. We like, man. He think we about to play linebacker in the SEC at one eighty, one ninety. We about to get ran over. This dude is tripping. <laughs> so they was like, we just 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 bear with us. We want to put weight on you, red shirt. And we was like, okay. So I remember calling my mom, like, man, I don't think this is gonna work. She was like, Well, make it, make it, don't say what can't happen. Like go and work hard, push, push yourself. You can do it. And you know, all this stuff, make sure you get your education. I was like, all right. So that first year, you know, I just I worked hard in the off season, weight room, I stayed in it. Make sure I, you know, ate, taking, you know, drinking my protein and stuff. So long story short, I put on like 40, 45 pounds, 50 pounds my freshman <laughs> in one year. So that was like, oh, okay. So I get out there. Now I'm like, I can throw my weight around a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, I, I built some bug, got strong. But one thing that my coach was telling me was like a lot of, you know, linemen, you may not be able to overpower them, but you can be quick if you can diagnose a play fast enough you can beat them to the to the punch and be quicker than them so i used that i used to study film i wanted to like make sure that i knew could kind of get ahead as up because i want to get there before they get started because once they get started you know at that at that point i i wasn't the biggest but i i was i was decent size but um i could hold my own so but as the years went on you know you gradually gain weight and it, it worked out. And I remember asking my coach, I was like, what did you see? Like, how did you know I could gain this weight? And they was like, well, your body frame. It's like, you and Carlos Dance were tall. Y'all had broad shoulders. We just looked at you. Like, you you had the ability to put on weight. And you was a late bloomer, as they call it. So it worked out. And I was fortunate, like I said, to be with the right people because my coach saw something in me that I didn't see. I wanted to play safe. But it was like, nah, you yeah. have a better chance of playing linebacker. Was there, as you're like, obviously going from 185 to pushing 250, like, so when I was at NDSU, I went from wide receiver to tight end because of injuries and some other things. And so they're like kind of did the same process of bulking up. And then I remember being like 190 and they're like, yo, go block this All-American defensive end that's 250 coming around the corner. Did you have a moment where you're like, oh, this probably ain't going to work out if I'm still this little trying to play linebacker at Auburn? Oh yeah, cause you my okay. I probably went from I said I went from one eighty. 
I probably paid my first year at like 220, 220, 215. So that's like 40 pounds I added, 45 pounds, something that's like that. That's crazy. 40 in a year. But, that is freaking crazy. Yeah. But um, to your point, like, you know, we had guys like Kendall Simmons. I don't know if you know him. He played at the um, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, we had um, we had other guys that we played, that I played against, that were just going at practice. And I'm like, man, this ain't going to work. Gino, like, coming around when they do that pool, and you got to oh, come yeah. in there and meet them. And I'm like, man, this ain't going to work too good. <laughs> so you just got to try to get lower than them boys and just hunker down. And you sometimes you just got to sacrifice your body. And you get man. Peter rolled over. And you look up. Well, at least my guy makes the tackle. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was times where you just got to go in there be like, well, it is what it is. And you just got to go. Go in there, throw, you, throw your body in there, and, you know, sacrifice yourself for the greater good of the team. Like, hey, if I'm – and I, you, we used to always tell, tell our players, like, our dance be like Carlos or Mark Brown, my other linebackers, like, hey, if I'm taking up and doing this, then you better make that play. Like, yeah. I, ain't, I ain't giving up my body for right. you not to make the play. And we always laugh and joke about it. But, yeah, it happens. It happens, man. And even in the NFL, it happens. You have some some guys like, boy, like a Brian McKinney. That's a, that's a strong dude. <laughs> that's a house. That yeah. huge. So, you know, you just got to do your job and do your responsibility and, you know, play within the system and, and lean on the other guys to do, do their job. You know, I wanted to ask you, too, because, like, it, it's nuts to think about Ronnie Brown, how he tore up the league. Cadillac Williams came in hot but then had the injuries. But then the other one that I remember bothering you about, like, I remember calling you, and I was mm-hmm. like, man, Brandon Jacobs, that dude is a huge human being. What was that like in practice with that dude? I remember you telling me, oh, we used to smack him around all the time. No, man, I see it wasn't like that. We trying to get you in trouble. Yeah, he's trying to get me in trouble. It wasn't that we snapped, but we hit him. I remember, yeah. So, Brandon Jacobs came, and I remember was, he came doing our bowl practice. I didn't know he had came because he came, he transferred in. And I didn't know, like, I don't think nobody on the decent knew he was there. But anyway, I just remember looking up, and I'm like, who is this big running back, like a tight end? Because Brandon Jacobs is like six, four, six, five, like 260. Yeah, yeah. Two, he's just a big dude. And he's lean. So I'm mean like, and I'm used to seeing I'm like, who is this big dude? So we're doing 907, which is our inside drill, where, you know, basically they run play against run defense. And um, and we hit him or whatever. So and then I'm really like, oh, this Brandon. So we were supposed to just throw it up, meaning you just tap off, like you hit, but you don't take it to the ground. Well, Brandon, he only got one motor. So he's like, so we go up to, like, I remember going up and I, you know, tapping off the heat. Smack me. So I'm like, oh, hell no. And so he's trying to, and I get it and I understand it. He's trying to establish the fact, like, hey, I'm here. Like, I'm a tough dude, too. Like, I'm, y'all ain't going to punk me. So we like, okay, well, we going to, like, this is the SEC. Like, this is over. Like, you ain't going to beat it. It ain't like that. So, man, he just called, he just called, we just called him Slip. <laughs> just, <laughs> just called him. And that was that, but. Um, he's a tough guy. I mean, Brandon, you got to get him before he gets started because once he get rolling, man, oh, yeah. it once can that be coming downhill. Yeah, it can be. It can be lights out. It can he be lights out. For and, a um, minute there in the league, bro. Yeah, and, and it's unfortunate we didn't have enough balls. 
Yeah. You know? Like, we just didn't have enough balls, you know, to go around. I mean, you, you got to think about it. We had Ronnie Brown, Carnell, Dan Brandon Jacobs, but we also had this this, this kid named, and he's a white kid named Trey Smith. Trey Smith was that nice, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he went, like, so Ronnie Brown, Carnell, Brandon, they both, like, it was my, was it my junior year? I think my junior year. No, my senior year. Anyway, they didn't play because they was hurt. So we had to have Trey. And Trey lit Alabama up in a big game. He was young. He was like a redshirt sophomore. And he was young. He lit him up. Trey Smith could play too, but you know, you only count so many balls. And then you you gotta think we had Kenny Irons even on the dome. Mm-hmm. So my years at Auburn, man, we had we used to have we used to call it a running back you because we stayed with some running backs. But a lot of people don't know is that Frank Gore, I was his host on Auburn. He was going to come to Auburn, but Auburn had to make a decision. Like, it had to be out of him or Carnell Williams. And obviously, they're going to pick their home team. But Frank Gore, I remember him looking at him. I was like, man, I'm coming here to play. Like, he wanted to come. So we would have had, man, we would have had, we had, a, we had a, some stat, stat boys that, that could have been through that program, man. That's crazy. That's crazy, yeah. dude. And, and like you said, you, you end up getting drafted. You're a second-round pick, 48th overall. So 48th most coveted player in the country in 2004. Like, that's insane. Was your mom, your grandma, everybody freaking out when you got drafted? You freaking out when you got drafted? Yeah, man, I was in my apartment um, in Auburn, Alabama. Ashley, with, uh, Ashley she was there. Um my mom, it was my mom, Ashley. And I remember the whole drafting situation was going on. And I remember I just I, I had my cell phone. So I'm walking out like, man, what's going to go on? And you know how they, they see, like, top available, you know, top mm-hmm. best yeah. picks or whatever? I had heard I was going to go to, like, New Orleans. Like, New Orleans had interviewed me. They was talking, like, okay, we're going to pretty much pick you. And, um... So I had went down actually because me and Ronnie Brown and all Carnell, all of us like, lived in the same apartment complex. I went down to hang with my boys, like, okay, well, they just got Carlos Dan. So we hanging out. They was like, all right, DT, like it's your chance, you up next. So I see all these these linebackers, Teddy Layman, and I'm going. And then um, so I'm like, man, what's going on? So I'm like, all right, I'm about to leave. I'm nervous. And then I get back home and I hear my apartment phone ring. And I'm like, what? Like, it's like, yeah, it's, it's the second time it rains. So I'm like, who the hell calling my number? Like, like, dude, don't be calling me right now. Like, I'm nervous. I'm, I'm trying to see what's going on. So I pick up the phone, and it was Coach Tice. And he was like, hey, Dontarius Thomas. And which I was kind of throwing off because I thought I only gave NFL teams my cell number. Okay. So I must have gave them my home number as well. And long story short, he said, hey, would you like to come and help us win? up here at the Minnesota Vikings. And I remember my answer was like, hell yeah. <laughs> and I, once I got, then I, then I got off the phone and then they ran up on the bottom of the screen and I saw my name and I just remember running out my apartment complex yelling and all my homeboys was like, oh, sh-. so, you know, it was, happy. it was a great moment. You know, the mom, they cry and stuff. I, I ain't cry, but I was happy. Yeah, it was it was a great feeling, and then I flew out that next day to come up here and do a press press conference. Met Konechi, yeah, um, same time, and 
yeah, I was I was very happy and very blessed and fortunate, man, because a lot of people don't get that opportunity. You know, come a kid who wasn't highly recruited from a small town to get a chance to live out his dream. Very, very blessed and very thankful to the, you know, the Vikings for giving me an opportunity to live my dream, man. Well, the, the crazy thing, that's like, that's when I met you. So I met you at the Tice camp. I would have been 13 years old. You were a rookie. Tice, Tice had that thing set up, making all the players come to and then I, I don't know if he hooked you guys up with some money or something. I'm sure he took care of you. He was really good that way. Yeah. But but I know that's when I ran into you for the very first time. You signed some football. I even know I got a, some photos that I gave to you that I found years later. Yeah. And you were all yeah. you're like, God, look at how young I look, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but, yeah. So it, it was, like, yeah. crazy to because I've known you for that long, bro. Like, it's been that, that long. You've been, like, a big brother to me. And the thing that blows my mind, that I've learned from your situation is like you come to the league and, and the people that draft you, it, it's a big thing to have somebody there that's tenured for a long time. Cause at the time tech Cottrell was like, he's a great D coordinator. And that's basically mm-hmm. who wanted you in here. So you'd fit his mold for his defense and tight yeah. like heavy backers. So you put on some weight, but you're coming mm-hmm. in here and what EJ was there the year before, right? He was already yes. the year before. Yeah. Cause he was yeah, with Kevin was- Williams or something, right? Yeah, he came in with Kevin Williams, so EJ was there, and Mike Natil was the other linebacker that was there. Yeah, um, Randall Smitty, you remember Randall Smitty? Yep, he was there. Unfortunately, you know he was battling injuries while he was here, but he was a good linebacker too. Um, yeah, and then they brought in Keith Newman and um, Sam Coward. Yeah, Sam Coward. Sam Coward came in a year out, like my second year. That's when he came. The second year with Tim, um, with Coach Cottrell. So, so the crazy thing, too, because, like, bro, in your, your four first years there, you have three different coaches, really, if you think about it. Yeah. You have Teddy for two years. Then you end up with – when Childress comes over and he uh-huh. tears up shop, gets rid of yeah, everything. That's house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then he, you have Mike Tomlin for a year and Leslie Frazier for a year. Yeah. So, I mean, was it, was it weird um, – God, I don't even know how to describe it because it, it's so tough because Tech Trail, did he even – I don't even know if he was back in the NFL. And Mike, I think, took off a year before he went to go play or coach with Jack Del Rio. But he's an offensive guy. So, I mean, yeah. you, how, how hard is that coming into it? Um, it was difficult. I mean, learning, you know, you get comfortable with one defense and then you switch to another defense. And then you also get comfortable with one coach. And then you get another coach that, you know, philosophy and everything is totally different. And um, at the same time, the, you see what they're doing and the direction they're going, you know, you, you just kind of feel uneasy and unsure, like, what's going on. So it was one of the things, but you, you realize it's a business. And, you know, fortunate for me, I, you know, I, I was able to capitalize on my earnings and be smart with it and, and be around good people. So I still, still played. And, you know, Coach Tomlin was a great coach, and I was – hoping he stay around for a lot longer, but he got snatched up quick. And it's it's funny, Coach Tomlin coached my cousin in Tampa. So him and I knew of each other prior to him coming to the Vikings. So when he came to the Vikings, it was like, oh, yes, like, okay, I got a familiar face. And, you know, then he was going quick. Then Leslie Frazier came in. Leslie Frazier's a good guy. Nothing against him, too. He was a good coach. But um, they still – they each – have their own philosophy and, it's, and you just got to try to get comfortable and, and make do what it do. But um, 
yeah, it, it, it was it was difficult at times, but you know, you just got to stay on the grind. I mean, that that's the NFL. It's a business. A lot of people need to realize it is a business, and and if you don't fit their mode, it's like you say, Coach Tice. Coach Tice like bigger backers. So mm-hmm. for us, I was on the smaller side for the bigger backers. I mean, for the backers, and I was like right at two forty eight, two fifty. Then Coach Church came in, and he was like, "Hey, we need, we want the Tampa two system because Coach Tomlin wanted Tampa two, and we want smaller, quick backers." So now I'm like, "All right, I got to shed this weight." So he wanted his backers to be like two thirty and stuff like that, two thirty, two thirty five. So you know, it's just like it's just part of it, and you know, you just gotta roll with the punches and and make it, make it, make make do all what it is. Man, it, it's crazy, too, because like, we had Tice on the show not long ago. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it's weird to think about everything he built. When you look at some of your teammates, bro, and the talent that were on those rosters, and, and then yes. when you have Childers come in and blow it up, you almost wish that Tomlin would have took over and Childers would have been out of there and it went to set us back for however many years. Maybe we would have had a freaking <laughs> Super Bowl if the guys actually wanted to play for him. I don't know. But um, <laughs> we, we sit there and I look at it. I mean, Dante Culpepper, Michael Bennett, Nate Burleson, Randy Moss, Nate Ryan B. McKinney, Matt Burke, Kevin Williams, Pat Williams. A lot of people forget Chris Hovon, um, EJ Antoine Hayes, Winfield, Antoine Winfield, Brian Williams, Corey Chavis, Adrian yeah, Peterson, yeah. <laughs> your boy Steve Hutchinson, um, Jared Allen. Bro, you had a lot of crazy teammates. Like, mm-hmm. unreal. Hall of Famers. Um, you know, another one that was weird, too, because he was a big boy, and I think of big backers that we, we left out, Chris Claiborne. He was somebody who was yeah. 270 yeah. at, like, linebacker. Yeah. He's huge. Yeah, yeah and that's the thing. Like, Chris Claiborne didn't fit Childress, like, at backer all. mode. Chris Claiborne, like you say, like, 270. And getting down to 230 at his age, it just wasn't going to happen. He just didn't fit the scheme. So, you know, you kind of – you start seeing that. I mean – like it's a little scary. <laughs> yeah, a little scary. Dude, and, and, and I, man, yeah, I, I don't know what was going on. I, I feel bad because I definitely think that when the Wills took over, they just wanted to clean up shop a little bit and make sure nobody's screwing around anymore. Um, uh-huh. Which man, I mean, they, they brought the they brought the wrong sheriff into town, man. I, I was not <laughs> a Childress fan. No, uh, they, uh, they definitely had to clean stuff up because I mean, first of all. You didn't want to tell your boy Ontario Smith not to to how to handle the Wizenator situation. <laughs> like, oh, I mean Ontario, great guy. He was a really good. He was a hell of a um, running oh, back as well. You. Think about having Absolutely. him and um, Michael Bennett in the backfield sharing yep. that ball. Like you know, you constantly you know getting a fresh back in there. So, but it was an unfortunate situation, did, you know. That, he, that, that, I'm guessing that, he didn't, like, consult the team beforehand. Like, <laughs> hey, guys, I'm thinking about doing this. Do you guys have any objections? Because I hope that one of you guys would have said, hey, man, uh, maybe we want to go about I'm, this a different way. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he didn't, you know, he didn't consult the team. But, you know, it was just one of the unfortunate incidents. And uh, it's just hated for him. But, you know, hey. Yeah, and then I also have to ask, did you get invited to the Love Boat party? <laughs> were, you, were you there? Do you have any inside information? Man, I don't know about no Love Boat. <laughs> <laughs> I just know that it was, I just heard, I don't know, but let me phrase that. I heard it was a great time, and not all the facts of the story came out. 
That's what I'm saying. I just heard it was a great time and not all the facts of the story came out, like making it seem like they was only out there for 30 minutes and things and all that. I heard, yeah. it, you know, it was a bit different story. And also some of the captains got involved in some of the participation as well. So, but that's what I heard. But, you know, <laughs> it's a great time. It was a great time. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other big thing is you had Spencer come with you to the Vikes. How, yeah. Is that a lot easier for your transition? Yeah, I mean, I always had, like, you know, Spencer's like my brother. We, and we still close and talk today and actually trying to work on doing some business plans and sports, like real estate. But having someone that you know from back home that understands you, that you can talk to about anything. And, you know, Spence was undrafted, so he's on the grind. He's trying to get his thing. So it worked out for both of us. You know, it was a comfort level. Um I, I'm glad he was able to come up here and, and be successful and showcase his talent and go on to do b bigger and better things like as he got his contract deal in Buffalo. So, yeah, it was definitely helpful to have someone like Spence, you know, to come up here from college who you, you know, known since day one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, the other thing, too, is I want to I'm going to give you some of these storylines that you ended up seeing your, your first couple of years here. And maybe you could tell me some of your favorite moments, because like, Oh four, your rookie year, everything that you're trying to, to take in at that time. Then oh five, I mean, that's when Dante's knee injury happens and, and, and you guys are thinking you guys are about to do something crazy. And now you, now you have Brad Johnson taking over. That was the year Darren Sharper came in to play safety, um, traded Moss away for Troy Williamson and Napoleon Harris. Um, but that was also when we had the, uh, the, the Williams wall come in, which had to make it pretty easy for a, a linebacker or a linebacker. Oh, yeah. With those two up there, um, 06, Childress takes over, cleans up shop, takes uh, – Tavares Jackson probably could have been a decent quarterback. I don't know. Rest in peace. Very nice guy. Um, mm -hmm. But a lot of people say that was a reach in the second round there. Um, and then 07, you got to see Adrian Peterson just torch everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, like, and I think we finished 10-6 and six that year. So, I mean yeah. – I don't even know, man. There's so many things that I think about going on at that time. Do anything, like, stick out the most for you during those first couple of years with the Vikes? Um, I would have to say Adrian Peterson, being around him and seeing his game. Like, Adrian Peterson was, like, a freak athlete. Like, And I played with some guys. You know, my running back stayed with Auburn with some good guys. But Adrian Peterson was just built different. Like, this guy had – power speed but more importantly he was just humble like some of the things he was he, he he i don't think he understood i'm sure he understood but the way he 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 i don't know how to explain it. he just didn't understand i'm just gonna say he just didn't understand how good he was he was just that humble like he'd be like yeah you know i tried i'm like dude like what you just did was just amazing like i remember he had a we played against detroit he had hurt his knee he had a brace on and, you know, we was like, okay, we just – they kind of want to use AP. You know, you're going to – you kind of use him as a decor, not really run him too much in the offense, but he's going to garner attention. And this guy goes and just ripped Detroit up. I remember he put a move on a safety in a brace, a big brace, where he just shook and went one way, went to went the other way, like sh shook him so hard the safety just fell on his butt. <laughs> And nobody – and the people, like, laugh, but everybody was just like, okay, we understand. Like, that's AP. Like, that's going to happen. Like, it was like, oh, man. 
because he AP garnered so much respect for his game that you expect that to happen and be like, okay, well that's AP, so it ain't like it's somebody that he got dealt with that he that happened to him by that was a scrub. That's Adrian Peterson. Like this kid and his work ethic, um, he was just a good dude. So being around him and seeing him come into his play and and how he handled himself and be, and living up to the expectation was amazing. Dude, and he, he's actually fell into another great situation this year. I mean, he's probably going to be the starting running back for the Washington football team, not the Skins. <laughs> the Skins is gone. But, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it, that dude, to see him going on year 14, he's still killing it. And, and the other one, too, is you didn't bring up Randy Moss, man. What's up? Come on, man. You know Randy Moss. That's self-explanatory. I mean, my first dealings with Randy Moss, I'm going to tell you, I was losing our, our camp. It wasn't even like the, the big camp. It was like in OTAs or something like that. And so I, I don't – like all the rookies were staying at this um, extended stay in Eden Prairie where they would bust us, you know, because we don't have no car or whatever. So they would bust us back and forth. So I'm sitting out there waiting on the bus to come, and all of a sudden Randy Moss comes by, hey, rookie, need a ride? And I'm like, oh, shit, like, man, this Randy Moss, like, yeah, I'm like, okay. So I'm like, cool. So I'm like, I'm getting there. I get my bag. I'm getting ready. I'm walking with them. And I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, man, what kind of car he got? Like, he about to have me in some Lambo. Like, yeah. <laughs> and back get around the woods corner. Crack. Yeah, as we get around the corner, it's a, it's a, it's a Denali, but it's a truck, basic, with nothing fancy about it, just like a truck. I'm like, okay, cool. And then when I got in there, Randy Moss, like, Ashley was telling me, like, to be smart with, my, like, my spendings, like, my money, how to go about this, um, being a professional athlete, to take care of your body, and just basically don't be out here blowing all your earnings because this is a business. And you want to make sure that when you leave and walk away from this game, you walk away in a comfortable situation where you can say, hey, I can do whatever I want to do and be in a great situation because he was like, you already got a great start. You know, you're a second-round pick. You know what I'm saying? You, you, you put yourself in a good situation. You already got a great start. But you just want to be smart. Don't, don't be the Joneses, meaning don't live like the next man who got all this money. Don't, don't try to keep up with him. Mm -hmm. Stay within your means. And then, you know, obviously he broke it down, some football stuff down to me and, and things like that. But I was just – I just remember getting out that truck just blown. One, because I was just, that was Randy Moss. Like, dude, this dude is a, a monster. Like, I seen him at practice make some catches, like, where, where he was, like, in the back of the end zone, him and Cole Pepper. Cole Pepper threw a ball. And the, I don't know who the cornerback that was on him, but either way, he was, like, on him. Randy Moss, like, literally reached over in front of him grabbed the ball. I don't know if y'all can see, grabbed the ball and like just scooped it out and kept his feet inbound. He just used to do some crazy things. And like, when that hand go up, just let it ride. He gonna catch it. <laughs> Randy, Moss, Randy Moss was tough. And I remember a lot of people were saying like, um, what type of person he is. I say, as far as a teammate, Randy Moss was great. He was, you know, he, he, you know, he, he worked hard. He put all his his on that, his um, he put it all out there on the field. And you know, a lot of people were like, oh, well, he get a little lazy in his routes or whatever. I didn't see it. I saw him just being doing what he would do best, and that win game. 
Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I mean, he was smart with it too. And he, and he tried to help you out. You know, he was he, like, you know, we go out and things of the nature. He didn't, he didn't try to show, but he didn't do all that craziness. Now, you know, you have your media thing that what he did outside of football, but as far as went to football and the teammates, and I keep it at that as teammate, as a teammate, he was a great teammate. And, I'm, and I, and I was fortunate to play with him and, and um, actually that car ride meant a lot because it taught me a lot and it introduced me to NFL, which is a business. And, yeah. and, and I have nothing but positive thing to say about that guy, man. Yeah, dude, both of and them it, are aliens, bro. Both, yeah. And you talk about obviously like practicing with Adrian and and Randy. Is there anybody like Randy Moss has that clip where every time like Brett Favre was on the field, he'd be like, "Oh, I gotta watch this. Like something special is gonna happen." Was there somebody on the other team that you made sure that while well, you're on the sidelines, like, "Oh, I gotta make sure I'm paying attention because they might do something that's gonna stick out." Um, yeah, mostly for on the defensive side. Like, um, I wanted to check out the linebackers, like. Um, I remember we played against Chicago. We played against Chicago a lot. And they had this guy that some people might know, Brian Erlacher. <laughs> Brian Erlacher. <laughs> yeah. Brian Erlacher was a, he was a, a special guy. I remember, I felt like when we played, a, we played him home. And it's, and to me, it felt like he just took over the game. Like every play he was in on. And I'm like, that's a guy I need to watch and mold my game after. And there's other guys that I used to watch that when we play against San Fran, like um, this young guy, Patrick Willis. I got a chance to go out to San Fran and play with him for a little bit. Um, Patrick Willis was a special guy. Like, he had speed, he was mean, and he would hit. Like he, and, but at the same, also, he was smart. Like, he could die in those plays and just, just like, figure it all out. He, was call, he would sometimes call out offensive play. That goes to show his his um game film study. Mm-hmm. So I was more so like on defensive side looking at mm-hmm. all right, let me see. But it was some guys on offense like Damian Thomas. You know, he that was a special guy. I got a story for him. Got a story about that later. Kyle knows about <laughs> it. Um Damian Thomas was a guy on offense that I'm like, okay, like this is a special cat. So he always kind of wild and I wanted to make sure I get a look at him. Yeah, you get excited to watch Brett Favre then? No. <laughs> Come on now, I, you know we you know we had that hate love relationship until he with the Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean Brett Favre. I mean those guys are they, he's he's a legend, but it's not like I want. Like, I was excited. I was I was excited to play against him because mm-hmm. I wanted to beat him. Like that, he was the best, and we wanted to beat them, and it was all. You know, that's a robbery, so, yeah. yeah. Well, the the other thing, too, like, you end up going to the Niners after your stint with the Vikes. You're dealing mm-hmm. with, which, which is crazy to me, because this is one of my, my funniest stories that I think about whenever I think of this dude's name. Like, on top of the fact that his eyes are always like this. But Mike Singletary takes over from Mike Nolan, and that year he had that crazy speech where he freaked out about Vernon Davis. Yeah. Kicking him out the off the field or whatever it was, saying, We can't play with him. We can't do it. Just yeah. freaking out about it. Was it was it weird having him be because he's also your position coach and he's a very mm-hmm. intense human being. So you're going over there with with uh your boy Patrick Willis, but more importantly to Keo Spikes, who's also an Auburn yeah. great. What what was that mm-hmm. transition like? It was it was 
intense in the sense that, like you say, Mike Singletary, very intense coach, very old school. Like, we used to get out there and do drills, very all about being physical, using your eyes. Um, to be honest, his individual drill setup would be easier than a practice. <laughs> like, we used to always be out there and be like, man, if we could just get through this individual period, practice is a piece of cake. <laughs> like, individual periods used to be that hard, and he used to be intense. But, you know, at the same time, he had to coach the team when it, when it, when it came down to it. And that whole Vernon Davis situation, it didn't surprise me because that's just how he is. He's all about, like, if you're not going to be up, be all in, I'm not going to put you out. I'm not going to be with you. Either you in or you out. Mm-hmm. And um, and like you say, Tequil Spice, having him. Tequil Spice is from Georgia. I grew up knowing about Tequil because of my high school used to play against his high school and Washington County was one of those schools that would send like five and six guys to D1. You know, they had Robert Edwards. They had um his Robert Edwards brother. Who did they had this other cat that played Demetrio Stevens that went to Florida State. So they used to always so I always knew about Washington County because they used to always be good in football and Tequila was that name. Then he went to Auburn and he did his thing there. So when I so he was like Oh man, I got that. Like, I like looked up to, especially when I got to Auburn. Cause he came, he used to come back to Auburn, and he used to talk with us. So when I got a chance to, I got a picture of him and I on the on the field together. Cause I was like, man, I just want to be like Tequila, cause Tequila was like that deal. Yeah. And so to have him, who's also another intense player, and Patrick Willis, who's intense and 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 and, and a young bull. I mean. Those guys there, I mean, you can learn a lot. And then our coach, our position coach, was a was a stud linebacker and a legend and a Hall of Famer. I mean, if I could have spent more years with them, I would have appreciated, I would have loved to because I felt like I would have learned so much more just from the game about being around them because yeah. they played a position. And like you say, they my position coach, you know, and there was some – and all those guys gonna probably be Hall of Famers. Even Patrick Willis and Tequila Spice someday. So. Or in Frank Gore. Yeah. We're leaving out Frank Gore. You yeah. almost Frank went to Gore. Auburn. You know that that's yeah. a little reunion right there. The, the scary thing though is like, you go from. I sit there and think about it. You only had Dante for so long, right? And then after that, mm-hmm. you're having like the the jump arounds with, uh, uh, who was it? It was Brad Johnson, Tavares Jackson, Gus Farrat for a while. And not and Sean Hill, who with with the Niners. I'm not saying that they're not great quarterbacks, but I mean for you in your career, the best quarterback you got to play with technically was Philip Rivers when you were with the Chargers. When you, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you really think about it, if injuries didn't happen, who knows what would have happened with Dante and all that? But Philip was really the best quarterback you got to play with. Yeah, Philip was like, if you're breaking down numbers, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Phillips is um, was the best quarterback stat wise, and you know, hey, because <laughs> I'm not trying to bash the other guys. Those guys are all good quarterbacks, and you know, everybody has because Gus Rod had a long year. Um, he played pretty damn Bull, well. Yeah, Bull he had he had a good 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 year. You know, Tavares Tavares had some solid moments. You know, but he was young when I was there when he he was coming in and um but yeah Philip Rivers was like the guy and Dante you're right that that injury after Dante 
They brought him back too soon, man. Yeah, there you go. I honestly, and, and, you know, I've seen Dante down in Florida, and and I actually got a chance to play with him in the UFL when we went on with Coach Denny Denny Green. Green. So we went out and played that, so that was fun. But anyway, Dante, he came back too soon. If you you look at the film, I remember we was watching film when he was in Miami. We was getting ready to play Miami. I remember looking in the defensive room. We just watching film, and you just see how he was moving. He's like, he's back way too soon. He should have sat out a whole year, then came back. But, you know, I understand he was like, I got something to prove. You know, you know, athletes, us, y'all are athletes. We all are ego. We have that ego at times. was like, no, nah, we're going to do this. Like, this has got to be done, and it's got to gotta happen. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Was it When you go back at it, I mean, when you go to the Chargers, too, you're playing for another great linebacker who came from the same – same cloth as, as Singletary and Ron Rivera, who's actually mm-hmm. ended up being a great head coach. And, yeah. and North Turner was a head coach then. But th- that roster was another crazy, talented roster. Rivers, LaDainian Tomlinson, Antonio Gates, Vincent Jackson, Luis Castillo, Sean Phillips, Sean Merriman, when Sean Merriman was doing all the, the, the juicing. Yeah. So he Lights was really good back then. <laughs> and yeah. then you had uh, Quentin Jammer, Antonio Cromartie, Eric Weddle. Mike Bennett was back there, backing up LT. Yep. Darren Sproles, Mike Tolbert. That was another running back you over there. That's, that's crazy. I feel like, yeah, I, I remember going, I was like, oh, man, I got a chance to, like, actually get to a Super Bowl. Yeah. And and it, it was some fluke. So that's how the NFL is. Like, we lost the game to the Jets at home, and we our pickle kicker, who was, like, a Pro Bowl kicker that year. And was hating, kicking. Right? Yeah, and he missed three field goals. Yeah. I think we ended up losing, like, maybe by a touchdown. But it was just, like, man, when yeah. he was missing field goals, we was just like, what the hell? He never missed field goals. And that's just how it goes sometimes, man. It's just like, you know, we had a, a first-round bye. And, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, and then, again, you like you said, you end up playing with uh, Dennis Green. You end up playing mm-hmm. with Dante Culpepper for the Sacramento Mountain Lions. Andrew yep. Sandejo, who ends up being a Viking down yeah. there, was there. Marcus McCauley ends up playing with you guys, who was a Viking. Yeah. Uh, dude, it, the journey's crazy when you go back and look at it. Do you, do you sit there and do you remember all these names or you forget about it all? No, I remember the names. Um, and sometimes I just sit back and like, man, I was just blessed and fortunate to be around such, you know, great talent, but at the same time, great people. Like, all those guys you name are good people, like, I don't, not one of them that you name or I can go down the list and say, oh, man, I have some arrogant teammates. I remember when I went to San Diego and I was um, I LaDamian Thomas, my first initial thought of LaDamian was like, he's probably like one of those guys that are pre Madonna that's on his own. LaDamian Thomas is a really good dude. Like, he was nice. He was just like, hey, what's going on? Like, he was just a really nice guy. And, you know, you kind of be thinking, like, sometimes you have – because you do have them. I haven't um, come across them. But you do have prima donnas that are in the lead that, you know, talk and act a certain way. But I got fortunate. I didn't run across that. And, um, yeah, I was blessed, blessed to have that situation. So Tell us your LT story. Oh, so we play against um, San Diego. And this is when Teddy Cottrell, I think Teddy Cottrell was uh, our D coordinator. So, first of all, San Diego came out here early. It came out. Normally, we fly. Let's say we leave on a Saturday. We play on a Sunday. So, they came out on a Friday. 
So I remember they came on on a Friday. So long story short, they like went out and stuff. So we like <laughs> Darren Sharper and everybody. We we had um we had had ordered them some drinks or whatever. So they was all at the bars, made sure they was taken care of. So that Sunday came, man, we was we beat the dog crap out of them. But it was this one play. Now you know Antoine Winfield. Antoine Winfield, to me, one of the best pound for pound tacklers. And with as far as hit a hard hitter too, pound for hard hitter, but he's a sure tackler. That was like his game. He can he was tackle. So he comes up, the Damien coming on our coming towards our sideline. I see Antoine comes up and everybody getting ready, like, oh, like, like, oh, this is a tackle. And man, and uh LaDamian gave him a move. And <laughs> Antoine like leaned and missed the tackle. And 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 also you hear something that goes, oop, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody just busted out laughing. Because Antoine totally will goes down and gets up laughing because he was like, yeah, he got me. And everybody was like, oh, like, because we was, like, shocked that, oh, Antoine about to knock him out. And he, like, gave him that jump, and he said, oop, gotcha. And busted out laughing. Everybody just started laughing on the sideline, like, dang, Antoine. He's like, yeah, he got me. He got me. But I just, I just thought that was funny because we was like, oh, yeah, Antoine. Oh, Lord. Okay. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Man, it, it was awesome having you on the show. I'm really glad everything's going on with Voodoo Wings, and I hope everybody's still eating them up like crazy. Hey, I appreciate it. Appreciate it. You got to come down. You come down. I got to get you in there, man. Let me know. I can't wait. I got to get down there. And uh, again, man, thanks for coming on. We'd love to have you back whenever you want to come back. Thank you. Anytime. And if you tell, talk to Coach Tice, tell him I said hey and say what's up, man. I will. I will. I'll send him, a, I'll send him an email right after this. All right, y'all have a good one, bro. All right, be Thank safe as well. Thank you. Yes, sir. <laughs>